0: Welcome to On the Preds with me, your host Alex Darty of A to Z Sports. And my co-host as always, Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. We are here and ready to talk about the Nashville Predators. It is episode 70, March 6th. On a Monday, we are actually kind of excited to talk about the Preds because things are in a very different place than they were a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We were just talking before the show that the Predators play Monday, that they play tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, A game that, you know, a couple weeks ago we would have been, like, not interested in staying up for that. Now, there's not only reasons to stay up, there's reasons to anticipate a win. Yeah. Think that maybe that could lead to something. But anyways, what's up, Sean?
1: Not much, Alex. Just, uh, you know, getting the week started right. Ready for a full week of uh,
0: teaching and Nashville Predators hockey. Pretty exciting stuff. So there's been a lot that's happened. I know that um, we're not going to rehash everything that's happened most of the time. By, by now, most everyone knows all of the changes. Matthias Eckholm gone. Of course, we already talked about the writer thing. But Matthias Eckholm, Granlund gone. And uh, all the trades that happened last week, including what we found out was the very last trade that anyone will ever make with David Poyle. And that was the Rasmus Asplund, or Asplund? I'm not sure how you say it. Asplund, probably. Rasmus Asplund trade for a seventh-round pick in 2025. Seems like a good, uh, pretty low-risk bet. Um, That was the last deal that David Poyle, anyone will ever make with David Poyle in the league. We found that out at the press conference on Friday. But um, very different team that we're watching now. I mean, it just... In so many ways, I mean, not just because of the trades out, but like Johansson's not in, Forsberg's not in, now Parsonen's not in. All of a sudden, you've got lineup with a lineup with Tommy Novak leading the way, and Cody Glass is the number one center, and if Luca Evangelista's on the team, the defense has Tyson Berry <laughs> and Cal Foot in there, and uh, Roman Yossi, of course, still. Alex Carey is injured, out four to six weeks, so now Dante Fabro is kind of a Top pairing guy, what do you make of what we're watching with the Predators over the last week?
1: I am interested and excited. You know, like you said, you know, we were talking before the show that you've got. I mean, let's be realistic here: <laughs> a nine thirty start on a Monday—that's um, got to be a ratings killer, in my opinion. I mean, it's Monday night; people just had their first day back at work. They don't want to stay up late; they want to go to bed. You're going to start a hockey game at nine thirty. For whatever reason, I'm excited to watch this team. And now you're probably like, oh, well, you just didn't like the old players. No, I like the old players fine, but I'm excited to see the new life that's being breathed into this team right now. We've been clamoring, Alex, clamoring. A lot of clamor going on for change. A lot of clamor to see some of these guys that you've been hearing about since the summer of Luke's, since before the summer of Luke's. You want to see these guys play, and you're getting the opportunity to do that. You may have to stay up a little late. But it's exciting, and I'm ready to stay
0: up and watch it. I think that the last two weeks have been the most consequential two weeks of of, of Nashville Predators hockey since probably 2007. I mean, since since the ownership change. And then, I mean, I guess technically since even maybe the, the, the team first got here. I mean, like, yeah. everything has changed from where – things felt two weeks ago because you feel like they they have been just stuck in a a bad place a frustrating place a place that goes nowhere for a while now and then all of a sudden now they're now they're not they're not a quality team right now I mean like these last couple wins have been kind of like they haven't been very good I mean the Chicago win Chicago kind of outplayed them a lot of the way I would say somewhat the same way with the Florida win because that was the one Kevin Lankinen was like amazing in So I think there's, it's not like this team, it's not like the team we're watching is some like amazing, you know, cup contender or something, but it's about the vibe, right? We're all about the vibes. It's about the vibe. And the vibe is strong. The vibe is strong. The vibe is strong with this one. And it just feels different because there's no more wondering, okay, what are they going to do with these big contracts? What are they going to do with some of these older players and I know that they only really shipped away two older players. I mean, I guess Nina Ryder was an older player. That's so. That's really three. And they turned that into futures. They turned that into they. They brought up Evangelista. They they've got Tommy Novak playing like crazy right now. Yeah. And um, and I really like the Tyson Berry ad. I, I didn't at first. I didn't really understand it. But not then when we found out that Barry. That they do plan on keeping him. First of all, that, that was kind of a question at first, and then and seeing him on the ice, seeing what what kind of he brings. I think his sort of size and skill balance is something that fits with the Preds.
1: Yeah. Of
0: course, Eckholm was great too, but now you have a you have an Eckholm like player for a much shorter contract. Yeah. After this, after next year, you're done. You don't have to hold on home anymore. Barry. So yeah, there's it's just like there's so much more flexibility now. And I, and I'll say too,
1: you know, we talk about vibes being important, and we're not just joking. I mean, did you see the uh, brief little interview there with Tyson Barry? The man has a personality.
0: Oh, we're talking about the the one that the Preds put out. Yeah, he oh my he gosh. has a personality. What I am? What is this? I am so jealous of his. Volkswagen van that he has. Do you see that? Westphalia, yeah. Westphalia, seventy six. Man, I'm actually a really big fan of that series of of VW buses. I think they're amazing, and I want to ask him about it. But it's it's the El Camino of buses, I would say. It's amazing. It's like it's just a it's a classic. There's a lot of different uh, series, and there's a lot of different features. I want I want to know what features his has.
1: Yeah, I think that's a conversation
0: he'd be willing to have with you too. I think so. It's probably the first thing I ask. When, I, yeah. when they get back home from this uh, long road trip. Yeah. Um, but we we also need to talk about Luke Evangelista because we see the debut of him uh, against Pittsburgh, and he sends Evgeny Malkin into Goodlettsville, mm. uh, <laughs> Maybe which was a fun Jordan. moment. You know, I, I think the thing with Evangelista right now is um, he's just sort of like... He's just extra stuff on top, right? I mean, like I, you already liked things that Cody Glass, and and Tommy Novak, and to some extent Parson when he was here, when he was uninjured. But now it's like um, you get you get an, a, a glimpse of okay, if this guy can be like an actual goal scorer, which he has not scored his first goal yet, he's only got an assist, um, but he's played very well. I mean, I think a lot of people feel like that goal is coming, yeah. and. He has just – he very clearly belongs. He does not seem out of place in the no. NHL. No. So. and I, I think it's
1: interesting, too, that he, he you know, sends, sends Malkin flying there. And that's – you know, think about guys coming in in their first few games making a big impression by, you know, taking somebody big down. Or you think about Trennan coming in and breaking Chara's jaw his first appearance or anything. But um, yeah. Tanner Janot, you know, cartwheeling guys, I mean, I think – the fans, I know I personally like an exciting player like that. I know Evangelisa is not known for the, you know, feats of strength that, say, Tanner Janot was, but you like an exciting player. You like a guy that can come in and make things happen on the ice, whether it's scoring goals, taking a big guy out, and not really being afraid to just get up and, and do what needs to be done to make things happen when you get pucks in deep. So,
0: Yeah, I, I think it was Makes against – The Blackhawks. I'm going to go back and find my tweet about it, but I was looking at the just some advanced numbers. Yeah, here we go. So against the Blackhawks, Evangelista led all Pred skaters in expected goals at five on five. And he also had the second most minutes at five on five among forwards. Keep in mind Forsberg's not in there. They've replaced Grant. Like Granlund's not there. Johansson's not there. There's a lot of players that are not there. So it, right. it's kind. Of, it's almost by default that he was given a lot of minutes. It's not just because he's good. It, there's kind of no one else to take those minutes. But um, he also. But he also had a lot of shot attempts and he had some shots on goal. Like I. I really think that was pretty promising. It is the Blackhawks, but the Predators kind of overall were. Were not overall very productive in that game and they didn't have a lot of um their their shot based metrics were not very strong but he was he was like by far the strongest performing forward which is good so right so he had good numbers um and then against vancouver tonight i would imagine he's probably gonna have the same kind of thing because vancouver is not very good either and their defense goaltending is not good so uh could see some more work from him but Evangelista, um, yeah, a new guy's Tyson Berry. You know, we already talked about him, but I, I still think he's pretty strong. What is your impression of Mr. Cal Foot? So i I'll,
1: let me just go on the record here. You know, I've spent this weekend abroad in uh, in St. Louis with my son playing hockey. Um, didn't get to watch as much, but I did get to see Cal Foote's debut um at, at Bridgestone and you know to be quite honest and I, I wrote about this uh for for A to Z sports of course you can you can check that out online if you'd like but basically the long and short of what I said well I spent a lot of time praising Luke Evangelista in his debut was that Calfoot's debut was largely unimpressive and I don't mean that in the most negative of ways but there was a lot of almost seemed like he was too big for his feet sometimes does that make sense like, he'd find himself in the crease for some reason or bumping into sorrows for some reason. Almost like he was a little bit out of place or not sure exactly where he needed to be. Yeah. Which I attributed, you know, hey, it's his first game with the team. It's yeah. not necessarily, you know, the, the death sentence for his his skills or his career. But um, didn't make as good of a first impression, in my opinion, as, as say, Evangelista did in his.
0: What I noticed was he was, just his puck skills were not very good. Um, I, I didn't see anything from him that showed me, uh, yeah, this guy has the speed to do it. Um, he had a couple giveaways in the in their own zone that were kind of bad. And um, he just does not have the, the foot speed to, to, to track back very well. I hesitate to say this name, but I mentioned this to you earlier. I, I do Ooh. think I do see a little bit of Ben Harper in him. And I think the Ben Harper thing was what you just said about being out of position. I saw that a lot with Ben Harper. He was definitely like struggling with where to yeah. be. Um, and I think some of that, what usually happens there is what ha- what happens with, if you have a, a, a defense partner who's in, who's in a bad position, what you end up doing, if you're their partner, you end up trying to cover more area. And so right. your area gets larger. Theirs gets lost. They don't know where to go. And yeah that usually ends ends up in mistakes or or advantages for the offense. So I just didn't see a lot from Cal foot that showed me that he's, he's going to be the guy he was with Jeremy Lozon, who has his own issues. So maybe if you put Cal foot with Fabro or Yossi, you know, maybe it's better. What if you put foot with Yossi and had him just stay back and let Yossi go roam? McDonough with Barry and Lozon with Fabro. I don't know. That seems like a lot of change to, to just accommodate one guy who's an RFA, but not sure if going to work out. But aside from that, that trade was just so massive for the Predators. I mean, like that's, I can't even, you you could, you could have Cal foot cut tomorrow and they never get another game out of him. And it's still hmm. a massive, huge win of a trade for Nashville. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No,
1: I mean, and that's, you know, I think when you see some deals like that go down, um, we all know, we're all aware that in in this sport you see GMs try to unload somebody, um, you know, maybe just to say we're going to cut our losses with this. You know, you can you can uh, give it a shot, you can see how it works out. But at the same time, I mean, contracts over at the end of the year, correct?
0: Well, he's an RFA. Are you talking about Calfoot? Yeah. Yeah, he's an RFA, so they, they would have to qualify him at nine fifty k or something like that.
1: So you know, it gets one team out of 850K. that situation; it gets them something in return. But at the same time, if things don't work out, then the team can easily move on from it. I and could that's... see him.
0: I could I could see them qualifying him at eight hundred fifty thousand and uh, giving him a two way contract, and he's in Milwaukee next year. That's also true. I think I, I could see them doing that. Um, yeah. But uh, So yeah, there's just a lot of changes, Um, and then we got word today that uh, Michael McCarron is back. He's back. So he might, I don't know if he'll play, but he he is back with the NHL squad on the road in Vancouver, so um, of course, his first game in Nashville back since going to the Players Assistance Program. We still have not heard any details about that, not that we ever will, but... You know he's so he's back so that's that's good for him that, you know positive sign for Big Mike or as they call him Big Sexy Big Sexy. All right, I want to talk about the playoffs, Sean. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, I would like to talk about relax the back because Ooh. if you are at home and you are thinking that your back hurts or you're having some pain issues or sleep issues. Basically, if you want to live better and feel better and sleep better every day, you've got to check out Relax the Back because they have tons of customized comfort options for whatever you're going through, whatever pain you have, whatever sleep issues you've got going on at night, they can take care of you. Ergonomic office chairs, zero gravity chairs, all of them perfect for getting your spine in the correct position so you can work better and sleep better every day. Not, you don't want to sleep in your office chair. No one wants to sleep in their office chair. You want to go to sleep in your bed, which they also have stuff for that too. Technogel, Temper Ergo er, uh, Tempur-Ergo Smart Base Systems, wedge systems, and posture pillows for getting you in the, in the correct natural position for sleeping. If you check our YouTube, you can see the uh, picture there of the beds and the wedge systems and the massage chairs, all of it right there in their beautiful showroom floor at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville. That's Green Hills. That's the Green Hills area. Go check it out there. Go down to Shake Shack, get yourself a burger and a shake, and then go to relax the back and figure out uh, what you need to do to fix your back pain problems. Uh, You really got to check it out. I know that Sean's been there. I've been there. We we like going there because they know what they're talking about to fix all your issues. You just got to walk in and talk to Glenn. He owns the store, and he'll tell you about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work and healthy mind. Okay. So what I want to bring up about the playoffs is I want to start by reading a, the results of a poll that I did today, because I, I just said, basically, I I think that the predators are in a really unique position because, you know, two weeks ago, the vast majority of people did not want them to make the playoffs, but mostly because they just wanted them to be as bad as possible to get as High a traffic as possible. But uh, all of a sudden, you know, things feel a little bit different. They have a little bit of an easier schedule. So we'll keep that in mind. But I, I said, I'm curious for folks to on this. Would you prefer, given the context that they've already sold? Well, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, was re- I was reading it. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was reading it and then the line changed and it doesn't matter. Given the context that they've already sold and are clearly making moves in the right direction, would you rather lose for a higher pick or say F it and make the playoffs? Would you like to know the results of the poll? Sure. 65% of people said they would like the Predators to make the playoffs.
1: percent,
0: 34%, really? 34.5% said they would want them to lose for a higher pick. And there were a lot of people that responded with their their takes and everything, but... How did you vote in the poll? I know you said you voted. How did you vote? I did vote, Alex, and I, because there's vulgarity involved,
1: said "f it," make the playoffs. You went with the vulgarity one.
0: That might have that may have that may have influenced the poll selection.
1: I I don't know. I mean, I mean, the sentiment, regardless, is you know, it's not so much the fact that it it wasn't vulgarity. You actually spelled out "f," which was really impressive, by the way, but. I mean, that's kind of the thing, though, is that you, you reach a certain point in the season where you kind of say, OK, has the team lost enough? Has the team performed at a level low enough where you as the general manager or the ownership group or whatever are ready to say, you know what? It ain't going to happen. Let's just move on. Well, now that they've moved on, I mean, it is saying F it. it's saying, OK, they moved on. The worst that can happen has happened. We've lost a bunch of players. They're changing the general manager. Let's just win out and just do the best we can to make these playoffs. Because at the end of the day, you want your hockey team to win. You want your hockey team to make the playoffs. You want them to do well. Now, Alex, I'm going to say something. and I want you to, I want you to really listen closely here.
0: Are you going to say F it?
1: No. Do you want me to? Go Is this ahead. It's a no, family no. program. My no, children no. listen to this. Say whatever you,
0: say whatever you want. But, but yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't know me
0: like that, Alex.
1: I keep I don't work blue at home. All right. Listen, here's the thing. As nice as it sounds to say "eff it," try to make the playoffs. I'd say the chances are still fairly slim. Now, you mentioned the wins recently, not necessarily being fluky, but not being quality wins um, or team-based wins. You had a hot goaltender in one game, and really, you just kind of saw the Preds hanging on for dear life in the other one and outlasting the other team, but. Um, we've talked a lot about how this slate of games here for the next few games is against some of the easier teams in the league, getting ready to be followed up by some teams against some of the tougher teams in the league. I'd say that the chances for making the playoffs are still fairly low, but I'd also say the other side of the same coin, the chances for tanking hard enough to have a decent chance at the number one overall pick is probably lower. So I right, say... So-
0: Yes. L- let yeah. me let me say on that on those notes cuz I so I went I pulled up Money Puck. Okay. Money Puck is a great site for this kind of thing. They have a really good um, um, They've got a really good setup for, for how to measure this kind of thing and I, I, I find myself relying on it a lot more in terms of how, playoff odds and also first pick odds and all that stuff. So right now the Predators chances of making the playoffs are 26.9%. That sounds pretty low. That is like triple what it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was seriously like down to like 5% or 3%. Yeah. It was it was really low a few weeks ago. Um and their chances of getting the top pick are 0.5%. So there's a 99.5% they wouldn't get the top pick if they were to finish in the, you know, if, if this is like assuming that they get what, how many points is it? It's assuming that they get 91 points. They're on pace for 91 points right now. Right. Which that would 26.9% of the time that would make them the playoffs. I, I think that wouldn't make them the playoffs personally, but um, how they measure it is, you know, they, they predict your points based on your matchups and everything. And then right. here's the chances you make the playoffs at that number. So at 91 points, they would have a 0.5% chance of making the first pick. Uh, I don't even think that they would get there because I think they wouldn't be in the bottom 11, Um, if they were to, so if they were to lose, by the way, there's, there's also, they also do numbers with how, um, so they have like a measurement of if they were to win, if they were to beat Vancouver tonight, for example, in regulation, that number of chance of the playoffs would go up by like almost 6%. So they'd be almost 33% making the playoffs. Their chances are pretty good. Yeah. So it goes up obviously with each pick. Here's the problem. That metric does not really take into account like strength of schedule or anything. I right. mean, it does in a way because it predicts, you know, your matchup with certain teams down the road. But it doesn't predict like the fact that you're going to play a bunch of playoff teams at the end of the year, all in a row, and several of them back to backs. And I just, I don't think that 26% is really likely. If I had to guess, their chances of making the playoffs right now are like 15%. 15 to 20% is like how likely it is. Yeah. And I just think like, so so there are some benefits and I I jotted just a a few down. Number one, I think anytime you make the playoffs and you increase any kind of buzz about your team in Nashville, especially with how bad the buzz has been recently, Mm -hmm. it's positive. I mean, yeah, just hosting a playoff game let's say they made the last, they were the last team in and they had to play Dallas stars and they have Dallas and they go down They games one and two, they play Dallas and they get destroyed and it's zero and two coming back and they have game three in Nashville. There's there will be a buzz and there will be yeah. atmosphere and excitement and anticipation, especially because the team's already sold. You know, they they've already sold off all the. They've got a bunch of young kids playing right. and You know, you've got a good goaltender. You never know what Soros can do, and who knows? And that's very different from where they were against the Avalanche last year, for sure, and then it's even different from when they were against the Hurricanes, so I think that's – there's something to be said for that. The other big thing would be, like I just mentioned, the experience for the younger guys. Gideon Evangelista and Tomasino, I guess he already – no, he did he play in the series against Colorado? I guess he did. He got benched for one game. I remember that. Um, but anyways, so like Evangelista, Parson, and Novak, these guys would all get playoff experience. That'd be huge. So that's a benefit, um, especially if they were to win a game and see what that takes. Um, obviously, I mean the, the, the chances of them going on some crazy run are just not very good. I mean they don't have the horses for that. But you get Forsberg back. And you know, who knows if <laughs> Forsberg is a good player, so yeah, uh, I think they're kind of waiting for that moment and, and see, see when they can bring him back. But I don't know, what do you think about that? Is it if they do make the playoffs, you think they could actually do something?
1: Well, it, it's funny, you know, and <laughs> you talked about there being a good buzz, you talked about them making some noise. I, I, I did something today where I, I today or yesterday, I can't remember exactly, but. I think this kind of gives an indication of how quickly things have shifted at least fan base wise. Um, there an article that came out talking about the top five best waiver wire or waiver pickups this season. Um, and I just screenshotted the number one waiver wire pickup and the number three waiver wire pickup, just no context, just here they are. This is what it is and, and send it out along with the article. Of course, number three was Connor Ingram who the, uh, you know, Preds let go for nothing at the beginning of the season. And number one was Ellie Tolvanen, who the Preds let go for nothing in December. And what's interesting is something like that two weeks ago, two weeks ago would have set the fan base ablaze. It would have been just outburst after outburst, you know, firepoil, fire hinds. This is ridiculous. And what's funny is here we are, you know, a little over a week removed from the announcement that uh, David Poyle is effectively, you know, retiring at the end of the season. And it didn't even register. I mean, nobody seemed to even notice it. I tweeted, not that I'm like the Mr. Tweet Man that everybody can't, just hangs on to see what I'm going to say next. That's not me. I'm not not Mr. Tweet Man here. But (laughs) what, what I mean is, that would have very easily caught fire and it mm-hmm. barely got smoke. And that's, yeah. and that, that should give you an indication. I think making the playoffs squeaking into the playoffs and getting blasted by Dallas in the first <laughs> round, if it had been with the team that existed two weeks ago would have been, you know, yeah, just funeral March. There would have been a yep. dirge afterwards. And it
0: would, would have, have been, been just
1: like, it would have been just like Colorado. Yep. Worse, worse than Colorado. It would have been like, you know, um, things would, vehicles would have been tipped over in the streets. Yeah, uh, things would have been set on fire in protest. But I feel like at this point, with the team that exists and the changes that have been made, the exact same results, squeaking into the playoffs and getting bounced in the first round. Everyone's like, "Hey, but they made it
0: to the playoffs,"
1: which is funny yeah. because that's the exact scenario that would have caused outrage even a week ago.
0: Yeah, I, I and the team is obviously going to be. Gunning for every, I mean, they're going to win, you know, they're not, they're not here to, to, to tank. They're, they're not. No. They're, I mean, I also think about a player like Duchesne. So, so Matthew Shane has been, I might say unfairly criticized. I mean, I mean, look, it's never wrong to criticize an $8 million player when he's not playing up to that standard. And yeah. I think that's true. I don't think he's playing up to an $8 million standard right now. He did last year. He's not right now. But I I do think Duchesne is a guy that would be able to help you carry through this this next little bit. I mean, one thing that a lot of rebuilding teams don't have is like kind of high-end speed and talent and skill at at a at a top position, especially one that has has done this before and has has been in the league for a while. I mean, like, say what you want about Duchesne. Like, he's gonna score a lot of goals and he's gonna score, he's gonna have a lot of points. He's gonna he's not going to get 40 every year, but he's going to get to 25 or 30. And like, he'll get there this year. I, I don't know that there's really any problem with having him around. So like when I hear people talking about like, they need to trade Duchesne's contract, I really don't agree. I, I think Duchesne's fine to keep around, especially because I, he's like one of the few that wants to be here. Not, not one of the few that's wrong. We know very clearly he wants to be here. He, yeah. he is not interested in being anywhere else in the NHL other no. than Nashville. He very clearly wants to be here and I think you don't need to trade a guy like that. You could trade Johansson if he's not injured, but I just don't think I don't think you need to trade your Duch- And then Forsberg, you know, yossi can't really trade those guys yet. Um what their contracts currently situated, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. I I, I said today or, or basically that I almost think that they, they really can't go wrong. I, I think the only thing they could do wrong is if they just kind of maintained this sort of average pace where they just stuck in this middle. But I don't think yeah. they'll do that. I think they'll either be bad because they have too many young guys to, to really win consistently or – they'll turn out hot and and start winning a whole bunch of games and then make the playoffs. And I think either way is fine. I I think, I think so too. It would be just as fun for me to cover a playoff series as it would cover, you know, uh, a lottery draw where they have a chance at a top pick.
1: No, I, I think you're right. But I also think it'd be exciting just to see them making a run at the playoffs, even if they didn't make it, if they got close, if it came down to the wire and they came up a point short it's still more exciting than just kind of being, uh, you know, the the mushy middle kind of team yeah. where it's like, well, they might win this one, they might not. But you, you want to see a you see a solid effort every night. Um, you see them pushing. You see them keeping their their foot on the other team's neck through the whole game. You know, and that's something that I I think personally you haven't seen as much recently with the Predators is a team that it is going to go full 60. They're going to get a lead, and then unfortunately they start to coast. Haven't seen that, you know, and granted they've kind of had to fight to maintain those leads, but I'd rather see them fight to maintain the lead than just let the lead evaporate. So I think even if they don't make the playoffs or they don't end up in the <laughs> with a good draft chance or wh- whatever you want to call it, if they're just still, you know, fighting for the playoffs or at least in the conversation – that's still a much better ending to the season than I think you were going to get otherwise.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So uh, about the schedule coming up, um, tonight they play the Vancouver Canucks, as we talked about, 930. Then uh, on Thursday they go to Arizona. They're they're on this long road trip now, so they go to Arizona on March 9th. That's Thursday. Uh, 8 o'clock start, I think, is what I'm seeing here. Or is that right? I think it's an hey, 8 look. o'clock start.
1: I'll look. 8 o'clock start, yeah.
0: 8 o'clock central time, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Saturday, they go to Los Angeles uh, to the crypto.com fraud arena. Ooh. And they play the Kings. That's a 9.30 local start, national start. And then that's a back-to-back. They go to Anaheim the next day and play the Ducks.
1: Ooh, And that
0: is that is the uh, end of the road trip. It's the end of the road trip. Then they head back home to take on the Detroit Red Wings a week from tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And that's hockey. the last long road trip. And they have a couple of stints to New York and then the Boston area, but that's about, that's the last long road trip of the year. Um, so, you know, it, this is, these are all, those are all not very good teams. Now Los Angeles is pretty good. They're probably a playoff team, Anaheim, Arizona, Vancouver, not very good, but um, you know, <laughs> I could see them winning three of those, losing to Los Angeles. But uh, who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But um, that pretty much does it. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I do. We're, we're kind of in a unique situation here,
1: Alex. Um, and those of you listening, you know, be well aware that we're recording this right before the Predators mm-hmm. are set to take on the Canucks. So by the time you listen to this, you will know the outcome of the game. But I thought because we're just kind of in this random, it's a really late start on a monday night and we're recording before the game let's predict the score of the game let's how much can we predict about this game what's going to happen okay you want me to go first so you can think about it because i've been thinking about it a lot yeah you go first okay you ready for this yes it's going to be a two to two tie going into overtime and luke evangelista is going to score the game winner in dramatic
0: fashion That would be interesting. I, if, he, huh? if, he even, if he even got ice time in the overtime, that'd be interesting. Um, Why maybe not? He should, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Why not? I mean, there's not really any other team, players that can play. They'd have to feel, put someone out there. Let's do it. Um, I think right, here's here's how I think it's going to go. First period, Oh. Uh, Roman Yossi power play goal puts the Predators okay. up 1 0. Second period, Vancouver strikes back and they get two goals, and they go down 2-1. In the third period, third period, Tommy Novak scores to tie it up. And then, sometime in the final ten minutes of the third period, who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? Matt Duchesne puts the team ahead three to two final regulation. Wow, so we both predicted three to two wins.
1: Is really a regulation? Sick. Yes So yes, the question before is yes, the question is, you know if there is a way that people could vote on who they think was right before they know what we predicted, who do you think they would go for? Do you think they'd choose me or do you think they'd choose you? Probably probably you.
0: Why is that? Because I have a, a beard. Uh, you went with Evangelista. I was also way too specific on who's going to score the goals. I don't think so. I mean, those goals make
1: sense. Yeah. I mean, my my two regulation goal scorers were going to be, believe it or not, Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne. <laughs> okay. I just didn't get
0: into I didn't know we were getting that
1: specific in the contest I just made up. So
0: Jeremy Lausanne's going to have a five-minute major for uh, kneeing somebody. No, not kneeing somebody. Kneeing for, somebody? For... For uh, a headshot, and he's oh. gonna get, and he's gonna get suspended. That's gonna happen. No, no
1: way. Yep, yep. He's and gonna headshot. No
0: um, he's gonna headshot somebody. I'm just and getting then, into nonsense predictions now. Also, uh, also, Luke Evangelista is gonna have um, at least one really nice pass, and then Cody Glass is gonna um, uh, have two assists. Wow, and uh ryan mcdonough is gonna have a weird moment where he uh almost scores on his own net because he's trying to make a back pass i'm getting real specific here yeah i think i think you're shooting yourself in the foot like
1: but if Preds any of win. that happen,
0: if any of that happens i'm gonna feel like a genius well, Tyson is getting two assists. That's all. See, I that's know. the trick. You got to just list out a lot of things, and you hit on one of that's them. Right. All you got to do is all you got to do is clip that one part, and you're like, "Wow, he predicted it." Cody Glass. Has that's. Two
1: assists. That's all I know is Tyson is getting two assists. It's it's crazy. No one saw it coming. He's going to be first star of the game. It's nuts.
0: Cole Smith's going to get in a fight. Really. Yeah. Okay. Cole Smith's going to get in a fight with. Let's find someone he's going to fight with. See who's still on the Canucks. He's going to fight Tyler Myers. That's that, not going to go well for him because Tyler it's Myers. Not going to go well.
1: I don't think that's a good. That's Tyler not Myers is gigantic.
0: <laughs> is six foot fourteen. It's insane. Yeah, it's not going to go well. He loses no. the fight, but yeah. he wins well, the hearts of his line mates for doing it. Oh, and Yaakov Trenin. Yakov Trenin. What's he going to do? Yaakov Trenin is going to. He's has got, if Yakov Trinan scores, he's going to fly into the glass and jump into the glass, but oh, that's wow. an easy prediction because that happens every time. Not every time. doesn't do it all the time anymore. All right, let's close it down and, okay. uh, and, and see how the, the Predators play in this game. So, uh, thank you for listening. Of course, you know, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube and, and, and all that stuff and follow us and all that Jazz on Twitter, Alex Darty one, Sean at SCSNSH. Uh, but we do appreciate you listening to us, and um, well, we do these every Monday, YouTube and the podcast network. Um, so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see everybody next week.